Welcome to Friendship with God with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. Today's message and previous messages can be listened to or downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org, friendshipwithgod.org. You can also obtain free resources from Tom Cantor and view our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org or call us at 800-247-3051, 800-247-3051. Tom Cantor also has a daily devotional verse that comes out each day by email and on Facebook. To receive this small daily devotional verse that Tom Cantor puts out, you can sign up at friendshipwithgod.org, friendshipwithgod.org, or find Tom Cantor on Facebook by searching for Tom Cantor and Friendship with God. Now here is our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. I'd like to welcome everybody here as we begin to once again come to God through his word, and let's uh, now come to God through prayer. Lord, we thank you so much that you've given us such a valuable, Lord, uh, how do you describe the Word of God? But we thank you for it, and we pray now, Lord, that as we come as little children, you would open our hearts, you would reveal the truth about the Lord Jesus Christ in the Word as we study now. We pray in Jesus' name, amen. So now if you take your Bible and please turn to Genesis chapter 31 as we'll read here verse 16, Genesis 31 starting in verse 16. For all the riches which God hath taken from our father, that is ours. This is, uh, by the way, the wives of uh, Jacob speaking. That is ours and our children's. Now then, whatsoever God hath said unto thee, do. Then Jacob rose up, set his sons and his wives upon camels, and he carried away all his cattle and all his goods which he had gotten, the cattle of his getting which he had gotten in Padanaram, for to go to Isaac his father in the land of Canaan. And Laban went to shear his sheep, and Rachel had stolen the images that were her father's, and Jacob stole away unawares to Laban the Syrian, and that he told him not that he fled. So he fled with all that he had, and he rose up and passed over the river and set his face toward the Mount Gilead. And it was told Laban on the third day that Jacob was fled, and he took his brethren with him, pursued after him seven days' journey, and they overtook him in the Mount Gilead. God came to Laban the Syrian in a dream by night and said unto him, Take heed that thou speak not to Jacob, either good or bad. Then Laban overtook Jacob, and Jacob had pitched his tent in the mount, and Laban with his brethren pitched in the mount of Gilead. And Laban said to Jacob, What hast thou done that thou hast stolen away unawares to me and carried away my daughters as captives taken with the sword? Wherefore didst thou flee away secretly and steal away from me? And didst not tell me that I might have sent thee away with mirth and with songs and with tabry and with harp? And hast thou suffered me to kiss my sons and my daughters? Thou hast now done foolishly in so doing. It is in the power of my hand to do you hurt, But the God of your father spake unto me yesterday night, saying, Take thou heed that thou speak not to Jacob, either good or bad. And now, though thou wouldst needs be gone, because thou sore longest after thy father's house, yet wherefore hast thou stolen my gods? Jacob answered and said to Laban, Because I was afraid, for I said, Peradventure thou wouldst take by force thy daughters from me. With whomsoever thou findest thy gods, let them not live. Before our brethren, discern thou what is with thine with me, and take it to thee. For Jacob knew not that Rachel had stolen them. And Laban went into Jacob's tent, and into Leah's tent, and into the two maidservants' tent, but he found them not. Then when he out of Leah's tent, entered to Rachel's tent. Now 
Rachel had taken the images and put them in a camel's furniture and sat upon them. And Laban searched all the tent, but he found them not. And she said to her father, Let it not displease my Lord that I cannot rise up before thee, for the custom of women is upon me. And he searched, but found not the images. And Jacob was wroth and chode with Laban. And Jacob answered and said to Laban, What is my trespass? What is my sin that thou hast so hotly pursued after me? Whereas thou hast searched all my stuff, what hast thou found of all thy household stuff? Set it here before my brethren and thy brethren that they may judge betwixt us both. This 20 years have I been with thee. Thy ewes and thy she-goats have I not cast, have not cast their young. The rams of thy flock have I not eaten. That which was torn of the beast I brought not unto thee. I bear the loss of it of my hand, didst thou require it, whether stolen by day or stolen by night. Thus I was in the day the drought consumed me and the frost by night, and my sleep departed from mine eyes. Thus have I been 20 years in thy house. I served thee 14 years for thy two daughters and six years for thy cattle, and thou hast changed my wages 10 times. Except the God of my father, the God of Abraham, the fear of Isaac had been with me. Surely thou hast sent me away now empty. God has seen my affliction and the labor of my hands and rebuked thee yesterday night. Laban answered and said unto Jacob, these daughters are my daughters. These children are my children. These cattle are my cattle. And all thou seest is mine. And what can I do this day unto these my daughters or unto their children which they have borne? Now therefore come thou, let us make a covenant, I and thou, and let it be a witness between me and thee. And Jacob took a stone, set it up for a pillar. Jacob said unto his brethren, gather stones. They took stones and made a heap. And they did eat there upon the heap. And Laban called it Jager Sahadutha. And Jacob called it Gilead. And Laban said, this heap is a witness between me and thee this day. Therefore was the name of it called Galid. And Mitzpah. For he said, the Lord watch between me and thee when thou art absent one from another, when we are absent one from another. If thou shalt afflict my daughters, if thou shalt take other wives beside my daughters, no man is with us. See, God is witness betwixt me and thee. And Laban said to Jacob, behold this heap, behold this pillar, which I have cast betwixt me and thee. This heap be witness, this pillar be witness, that I will not pass over this heap to thee and that thou shalt not pass over this heap and this pillar unto me. For harm, the God of Abraham, the God of Nahor, the God of their father, judge betwixt us. And Jacob swore by the fear of his father Isaac. Then Jacob offered sacrifice upon the mount and called his brethren to eat bread, and they did eat bread and tarried all night in the mount. And early in the morning, Jacob rose up and kissed his sons and his daughters and blessed them, and Laban departed and returned unto his place. Now, In our study so far, we've come to this pivotal verse in Jacob's life, which is in verse 17, where he said, then Jacob rose up and set his sons and his wives upon camels. It's important for us to see what has happened here with Jacob, because in this verse, verse 17, Jacob is moving out. He's moving out of his residence where he's been for 20 years, and he's going into the unknown. And this is important for us because we never know if God is going to call us to move out of our comfort zone and go into the unknown at God's request. So Jacob has been here in Haran now for 20 years. Life has been more or less 
comfortable. I mean, Jacob came into Haran alone, and now after 20 years, Jacob has a big family. Jacob came into Haran with nothing, and now after 20 years, Jacob has great possessions. The Talmud says and estimates that Jacob may have had up to 5,500 head of cattle at this point. I raised goats, and 300 goats was a lot of goats. And at one point, we had up to almost 800 goats. Let me tell you, 5,500 cattle, head of cattle, is no small number. And from all we can see, there was every indication that life was only going to get better for Jacob. And if Jacob was to lean on his own understanding, then Jacob would naturally conclude, you know what? It's been good for me in Heron. I'll stay in Heron where I've carved out a pretty comfortable uh, life for myself. And we remember that Jacob was 77 years old when he arrived in Haran, and that was 20 years ago. So now Jacob is 97 years old, and Jacob's going to live for another 50 years till he dies at 147 years old. But right now, at 97 years old, Jacob has worked hard. He, he has a lot to show with a family of 11 sons and at least one daughter. There's a lot of wealth. And at 97, We would understand if Jacob just said, you know what, at this point in my life, I've worked pretty hard, and at 97 years old, and it's just time to kind of retire, take it easy, throttle down a little bit, maybe just uh, relax. And if Jacob had said that, we would have said, yes, we totally understand, Jacob. It's been pretty hard for you. You worked hard, and as he said, in verse 16, and you know that with all my power, I have served your father, speaking of Laban. Now, just jump down to the verse below to see how hard Jacob has worked for the last 20 years. Look at verse 29, when he said unto him, thou knowest how I have served thee and how thy cattle was with me. And now look at verse 38 through 41. This 20 years have I been with thee. Thy ewes, thy she-goats have not cast their young. Thy rams have I not eaten. That which was torn of beasts I brought not unto thee. I bear the loss of it. Of my hand didst thou require it, whether it was stolen by day or, or stolen by night. Thus I was in the day the drought consumed me and in the frost by night, and my sleep departed from mine eyes. Thus have I been 20 years in thy house. I served thee 14 years for thy two daughters, and six years for thy cattle, and thou hast changed my wages 10 times. Now when we think about what he's saying here, what Jacob's actually saying here, Jacob's saying that he's worked really hard for 20 years, and those sheep of Laban's were to Jacob like his own sheep. And for 20 years, Jacob stayed with Laban's sheep. He didn't go home. He stayed out there for 20 years. Jacob took the losses personally. If any of Laban's sheep were destroyed and Jacob made up those losses for Laban. For 20 years, Jacob has poured all his strength into the job of building up Laban's flocks. Those were quite some statements that Jacob was on Jacob's resume here of what he's done. I mean, his life has been building up Jacob's flocks and Jacob's, understandably, he's just beat and he's tired and he's all worked out. And we can well understand Jacob wanting to just coast a little bit for the rest of life. I mean, after all, Jacob's earned this. Jacob now deserves to sit back and enjoy the work he's put in for the last 20 years. And maybe, 
Just maybe, that's the way some of us feel. That's the way some of us feel right now. We just feel like, you know what, I, I, I know that. I've been there, and I did all that when I was young. I mean, we've done all the moving and all the building up from scratch and all the taking on the new challenges, and that was all part of when we were young. Although I wouldn't exactly call 77 young, but relatively speaking. But now we don't want to move again. We don't want to build up a new work from scratch again. We don't want to take on any new challenges. And so we can identify with poor Jacob at this time in his life and him wanting to not move again, not start all over again, not build up from scratch and all the challenges. He's just tired. He's just tired. He doesn't want any more of that. I mean, let someone who's young do all that. Jacob would like to just think of himself as a member of the AARP. You know, Jacob would like to get for himself one of those senior discount cards. But that's not what God planned for Jacob. God wants Jacob at the age of 97 to pick up, move, and meet new challenges, build again from scratch, launch out into the unknown for God and with God. So what we're seeing in this chapter is how Jacob knows that this is God's will for him and the decision that Jacob has to make here of whether or not he's going to stay or go. Now, we've got examples of those who no longer felt comfortable where they were. I mean, here at the chapel, there's Gordon and Irene Papineau, who after retirement left their comfortable house in America's finest city, San Diego, up in Allied Gardens, to go to various places working for operation mobilization, including Haifa, Israel. We've got the example of Roy and Mildred Dombo, who after a successful career as superintendent of Melhorn Construction, after retirement, again, left their comfortable house in San Diego to go to various places, including the jungles of the Philippines to work with the Ifigal people building a hospital. We got the example of Jack and Chick Ruth, who after a successful career uh, working as a, a chief engineer for the city of San Diego, left San Diego to go work for Wycliffe Bible Translators in Papua New Guinea. And we could go on and on telling of those who were like Jacob. They worked hard. They had earned. They deserved a comfortable retirement. They deserved to be able to kick back for the last stretch of life. But they left it all to obey the Lord Jesus Christ and to serve him by taking on a new building projects, new challenges when they were old. So the question is, how does anyone know if God's calling them to do something like this? How do you know? How do you know what the will of God is? How do you know when God is calling? I mean, that raises the question of how did Jacob know that God was calling him? So what we see in this chapter is that Jacob knew by three significant events, parts, points, whatever you want to call it, three that happened to Jacob, and thereby he knew that God wanted to believe. First, there is the event of circumstances. Jacob no longer was welcome in Laban's house. He didn't feel comfortable where he was. Uh, Genesis chapter 31, this chapter, verses one and two. He heard the words of Laban's son saying, Jacob hath taken away all that was our father's and that which is our father's hath he gotten all this glory. And Jacob beheld the countenance of Laban and behold, it was not toward him before. That's a serious circumstance. And at that time, that circumstance has turned to make Jacob no longer feel like he was welcome, and he wasn't. 
and he, he and no longer feel comfortable, and he shouldn't. So that was the first. Then, the second, God spoke to Jacob. God spoke to Jacob in verse three, and the Lord said unto Jacob, return unto the land of thy fathers and to thy kindred, and I will be with thee. So God has ways of speaking. He has ways of speaking today. Today he speaks through his word, where we're reading along, and all of a sudden a verse will just jump out at us and go, wow. It's like uh, lights came on, so prominent. It lodges in our head. It keeps coming back to our mind. That's the voice of God. That's the voice of God. Of course, in order for that to happen, a person has to be regularly in the Word of God. Every Christian should be in the Word of God daily. And when I say in the Word of God, I don't mean just, you know, you come and say, okay, how many pages I got to read? Done? Okay. No, I mean, Lord, my heart is open, and I'm waiting as I read this Word. Plant seeds, your seeds in my heart. That's what it means to be in the Word daily. Then there should not be a day that goes where the believer is not in the Word. That's why daily quiet times are essential. They're vital. They're important. I have a daily Bible readings program that goes through four chapters a day. So the entire Bible is read, the whole Bible is read in a year, and the New Testament Psalms are read through at least twice in the year. And I've used this same plan for over 40 years, and I have one today. I'm using it today, the same one. I've got one. If you want, you ask me, I'll give it to you. It's essential to be in the Word daily. So the first inclination, the first indication here that it's time to move is not being comfortable where you are. It was Jacob not being comfortable where he was, a certain anxiety, a certain this isn't right. I don't feel like I am where I should be. And the second indication was from God's word, which Jacob heard in his particular case. He didn't have the book of Genesis to open up because he is in the book of Genesis, but it was a dream. And the third indication was a confirmation, which we see, third indication is a confirmation, which we see in verses 14 to 16. And Rachel and Leah, oh, his wives, nothing like wives, And Rachel and Leah answered and said unto him, Is there yet any portion of inheritance for us in our father's house? Are we not counted of him strangers? For he has sold us, hath quite devoured also our money for all the riches which God hath taken from our father. That's ours and our children's. Now then, whatsoever God hath said unto thee, do. So God has ways of confirming his will for us to go, to move on. And God sent to Jacob his wives, And they joined together, and they told him in verse 16, now then, whatsoever God had said unto thee, do. This was all that Jacob needed to hear as this final confirmation. All right, that's it. That's God's will. And when a person is open to God's will, which he will speak through his word, there will be a push out and a pull through. The push out, in this case, are the circumstances of Laban's sons accusing Jacob of stealing and Laban being against Jacob. That's a push out. The pull through, in this case, is the confirmation of Jacob's wives telling him, now then, whatsoever God has said unto thee, do. That's how God works, with the push out of circumstances, the speaking through his word, and the pull through of a confirmation from others advising him to go, and that's important. What do 
Christian counselors, what do our friends, what do our, what do our spouses telling us? That's a confirmation. Now, this all leaves the ball totally in Jacob's court. I mean, Jacob had the word, God's word. He had the push out of the circumstances. He had the pull through of his wife's agreement. But now it's Jacob's choice. And Jacob, he could have taken the decision of saying, well, you know, let's not be hasty here. Let's just wait to see how this all works out. Maybe it'll get better if I just wait. That's a deadly trap of procrastination. But God helped Jacob to not procrastinate by that way. And his wives told him to get up and go with two important words in verse 16. Now, then, whatsoever God has said unto thee, do. When his wife said, now, then, it was God speaking to his wife saying, now that you are sure that God wants you to leave, then leave. So in verse 16, Jacob's wife just gave to Jacob a healthy dose of now, then, and sometimes we just need to sit down and just take a healthy dose uh, dose of now then. Because it's the now then that's the word from his wives, nothing like a wife to help you move on for God. Now that God has spoken through his word, the circumstances are pushing, confirmation is pulling, the only thing that remains is the then, which is the action. And that's exactly what Jacob does in verse 17. Jacob takes this healthy dose of then, and so the words in verse, it says then appears in verse 16 and 17. Notice how then appears in verse 16 and 17. His wife said, now then, in verse 16, and in verse 17, it says, then Jacob rose up. And when we read in verse 17, we give a cheer for Jacob. We say, go, Jacob, go. But if we were there, Jacob might have said to us, I don't know if I should do this, if I should make this run for it. I mean, I'm 97 years old. I can't even run that well. You know, think, maybe I should consult with my cardiologist <laughs> to see if my heart is up to all this before I leave here. And I mean, I mean, what if Jacob comes after me? And I mean, uh, what if Rachel steals her father's God and I promise that the one who stole them will die? And I mean, uh, what if Esau comes after me? And I mean, uh, what if my thigh comes out of joint in some all-night wrestling? And I mean, what if my daughter is raped? And I mean, what if my sons go on some killing rampage and wipe out a whole city in their fanatical anger? And I mean, what if my lovely wife Rachel dies in childbirth? And I mean, what if my firstborn son rapes my wife? And what if my favorite son Joseph is killed by wild beasts? And what if a famine comes to Canaan and we don't have food and I have to send my sons into Egypt to get food from some scary ruler? And what if I have to go down into Egypt for the rest of my life? And if we were to sit here and listen to all these things, which happened, then we would say, Jacob, I heard all your questions and I'm really kind of scared myself, but you know, as I kind of think about it, Jacob, with all your, your questions about it, really I've just got just one answer. There's just one answer, one simple answer, Jacob. I got the answer for you, the answer for all your questions. And it's just this, just the answer is God. Mm-hmm. 
another wonderful day studying the Bible with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor, here on Friendship with God. Don't forget that today's message and previous messages can be listened and downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org, friendshipwithgod.org. You can also go online to find free resources from Tom Cantor and our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org. You can also find Tom Cantor on Facebook, and you can also go to friendshipwithgod.org to sign up for his daily devotional verse. Now, Tom Cantor is also the founder of Israel Restoration Ministries. You can visit that website at israelrestoration.org, or you can write Tom Cantor at P.O. Box 711-330, P.O. Box 711-330, Santee, California. That's S-A-N-T-E-E, Santee, California, 92071. Or you can email Tom Cantor at friendshipwithgod.org. Tom Cantor at friendshipwithgod.org. Or for more information about Tom Cantor and Friendship with God and Israel Restoration Ministries, call us at 800-247-3051. Hi, this is Tom Cantor with Friendship with God. The hymn says, See all the world, wide open doors inviting. Soldiers of Christ, arise and enter in. Christians, awake, your forces all uniting. Send forth the gospel, break the chains of sin. Are you ready for your life to be used by God to send forth the gospel and break the chains of sin all throughout the 85 million souls in Ethiopia? We have an opportunity of a lifetime, a fully paid position to train 104 church planners who will bring the gospel all over Ethiopia. For nearly 10 years, Scanabodies has been in Ethiopia with the largest business in our region. On our beautiful 12-acre Wi-Fi connected compound is our wonderful new Ethiopia Bible Institute. Dormitory, study halls, dining hall, director's house, 400-seat auditorium. They're all built. They're waiting just for you to step out of your comfort zone and say, yes, Lord, here am I, send me. Why not trust God and go? You won't regret it. Call today, 1-800-247-3051, 1-800-247-3051.